0: Welcome back to Cyberology, Dakota State University's podcast for all things cyber and technology. I'm Jen Burris.
1: My name is Gabe Midland.
0: And today our special guest is Phoenicia Homan, the Dean of the Governor's Cyber Academy. Hi, Phoenicia, How are you?
2: Great. Thanks for having me today.
0: Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: So I am new to uh, to Dakota State, just started at the beginning of January. Um, Prior to this, I spent 10 years at Southeast Technical College in Sioux Falls, and then um, I was, prior to that, I spent five years as a 7th through 12th grade math teacher. So um, building a long career in education, um, but excited to be here and put a lot of those pieces together and, and figure out how we can really make this academy something special.
0: Okay, awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about what the Governor's Cyber
2: Academy is and what it's trying to do? So the the big, uh, the mission of the academy is to uh, promote awareness of cyber career pathways and then access to cyber education. So we're doing that through a few different components. The first one that we'll be launching here in, in the fall is um, opening up the dual credit pathways. Um, for high school students that qualify for for dual credit. So we've added uh, seven computer science or computer science and cyber courses um, that are now approved to be taken for dual credit. And so we'll start with a couple of those this fall and then each semester add add on a couple more. Um, And so students can take any, they can take one class. They could take the whole slate of them. They could take a couple of them, really based on what they're interested in and what their schedule allows. Um, if they do take all of the classes, that will serve as the first year of a bachelor's degree in computer science or artificial intelligence or cyber operations or even cyber leadership. So, um, But if they don't, they can still great get uh, great experience and figure out what types of, of the cyber world that they're interested in. The other pieces that we're really work, working on building out is the summer enrichment programming. So there's the existing slate of Gen Cyber camps, which are phenomenal. I'm excited to participate in them this summer. But figuring out where there's some gaps or opportunities and, and adding onto that programming, and ideally having some credit-bearing uh, opportunities there as well. So some of these dual credit dual credit courses could be offered through um, for credit through these camps. And then a lot of what I'm hearing as I'm starting to visit schools and, and community partners and, um, is just this, really, this need for K-12 cyber enrichment. So really exposing students uh, early on to what the possibilities are. You know, is that through day camps or camps or after school programming? Um, is it through lessons in the classrooms? And much of this our faculty are doing. And so it's really um, pulling those pieces together and figuring out where there's additional opportunities. A key part of the academy, though, is this has been a piloted in, in specific locations, but we really want this to be statewide so that all students, whether they're in public school, private school, um, they're on, in one of the tribal schools on the reservations or they're homeschooled, that they all have access to this. Um, and so really broadening um, who, who can, who can uh, be exposed to, mm-hmm. to this, pos- this opportunity.
0: So what um, drew you to this position?
2: Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I, I loved what I was doing. And I saw this, I think it was perhaps like a little a social media blip or something. I don't even know. But it, I I saw this opportunity um, with this job posting. And I it just, I couldn't quit thinking about it. And I was like, there is really something about this that I need to, to look into more. And so I you know, looked at it more closely, thought about it for a while, visited um, with some mentors and decided to to apply and just see what happens. And so I think what really makes me excited for this is my, when I first started teaching, I was the math teacher in a K-12 building. So I taught, you know, 7th through 12th grade. I supervised endless student activities. And I just knew that because I was stretched so thin that my students, they all had to have the same opportunities because that's just what I could provide. So I really wanted to figure out how our, particularly our rural schools or schools that don't, they just are smaller, so they have less resources, how those students can have similar opportunities to to students um, in larger districts or in in other places. And so I, I think, and that's what initially really drew me to it. Also, I've been in around. I've taught dual credit, you know, overseen some of those components in my previous role. Um, and so really trying to figure out it's here and, and rather than focus on that, just, Hey, get it done, get it out of the, that way mentality that really, that really frustrates me as an educator. I I want this to have value and be value added. And so this is a really cool opportunity to figure out how we can build this model that really is value added that adds that exposure and these opportunities, but then opens the doors for students for more possibilities rather than just, hey, get it done and, and you know, move on.
1: Yeah. How does this program that we're doing here in South Dakota, are there other programs like this? This is brand new to me.
2: I, there are some that are out there, and that's something that I've been trying to research more and learn about. So I don't know a lot of the details of those. I haven't had a chance to do other site visits yet. But I believe there is a program in Tennessee that's similar. There's a program that's connected with Duke University that's got pieces of this that, that we're interested in. And so, But that is something that I'm still really working on identifying. And I think over this next year, I'll have additional opportunities to, to network and connect with with uh, folks from, from those other um, existing academies or adis- existing programs to learn even more um, from what they're doing. So um,
0: you mentioned doing some research. What other kind of things have you been doing? Um, and what, um, how does that kind of fit into the pilot program and then transferring that into, you know, a full-blown launch this fall?
2: Yeah. So um the first thing I did was to try to, to define a mission and what the the outcomes would be so we know what we are we're building off of. And so been meeting with a lot of folks on campus to understand how Dakota State works, what's available, um what the processes are. So um really trying to build some connections on campus and then uh meeting off campus with several stakeholders as well. So have been at you know South Dakota STEM conference. There's these CTE consortiums on each side of the state, and and joining in on their annual meetings. Uh, starting to visit some schools, doing a lot of, of Zoom calls, our Teams calls because of the weather this spring. But trying to get just get the word out, both to promote the the, the pieces that we know about the academy um, and this this the dual credit part of the launch, but also to try to listen real carefully to hear where. Um, the stakeholders from different parts of the state and different, um, you know, whether it be the schools or industry or community partners where they're seeing some opportunities to really put together more of a, a comprehensive plan. So I've been working on the marketing side of things with, um, that team. I have personally haven't been doing that, but feel, um, making lots of requests to the marketing team to uh, figure out how we can, um, promote the Academy and what are the key pieces that are out there, um, Lots of uh, visiting with the research and development folks to figure out where um, there's existing uh, funding that's that's already available or existing programming, but also opportunities uh, for additional uh, possibilities. There's well, so I would say uh, lots of one-on-one, <laughs> small group meetings, and lots of listening and brainstorming. To so we've got a we've got a, a good solid plan on paper, but there's so many details to fill in
1: what's the uh, what's the reaction what are people uh saying when you kind of outline the program and and how it might be an impact for them
2: s- one thing that stuck i mean and it all depends there's a, I think there's a lot of excitement there's also a lot of questions because what how is this going to work who's going to pull it off what are, you know about the logistics or the details but one thing in really stuck in my mind and i it was a teacher I met with on Monday when I was out in rapid city at at a, one of the CTA consortium meeting, and she had said, "I'm just so excited for this because I'm, I'm at this, and I I will say the wrong school if I try to remember which one it was, but it was one of the ones on the western side of the state." She said, "I've got a couple students every year that are just so interested in this, but it's not enough for us to have a teacher, um, and so I think that's where the the real." excitement is. I mean, every workforce is begging for employees right now. I, you know, i manufacturing, law enforcement, education, and, you know, cyber and, and all of these workforces we need to, to make our communities go and run. And so I think it's um, really this opportunity to have to, I keep using that word opportunity, but to really allow students, small groups of students, you know, that access and to be able to explore something that they might otherwise not be able to just because it's not a the resources aren't available where they're at
0: so um how does it feel to um since you were a teacher yourself and you saw the need for these opportunities in rural areas how does it feel to be able to be a part of a plan to bring those opportunities to these students
2: I'm really excited about it. And right now it's fun to talk about it. I think I'll be, be even more thrilled next year when we've got students in there and I can go and visit them at their schools and hear about what, how the Im, the impact that it's had on them or to then, you know, track that longitudinally to see, you know, are are they coming either to Dakota State or going into another computer science, uh, computer or cyber science program somewhere else and, um, and into the workforce. And so I, I, that's, I, I love the students. I don't think I'll ever not consider myself a teacher at heart. So I'm really excited to get to meet these students and to hear their stories and their impact. And so right now, it's it's fun to be able to deliver this message that it, it's coming. But I think it will be it will really sink in once we've got, you know, you're, you're seeing and getting to interact with these students and hearing that impact.
1: I'm kind of curious. I mean, what you just talked about is something that I am very interested in is where do these kids go after they've participated in this? Um, Do you have ideas of how you're going to gather that information? Yeah,
2: We've got a great team here at Dakota State that just from the registrar side, from the IT side, um, that we had a great meeting a few weeks ago and is like, okay, this is what we need to do. But and then everybody rallied around and they even met after that meeting to figure out, OK, we're going to put this attribute code on here and, and at this point and And so we'll be able to um, follow those students. And right. additionally, with um, the support of the dual credit enrollment counselor, we'll be able to interact with the students through Trojan Connect and, you know, being able to help them as they're part of the academy, but then also um that and that's one of the goals is to track this longitudinally so we can determine is this successful or not. It's a phenomenal idea, but is it is it making a difference? So and that that will be hard to be patient for because that's you know likely going to be six seven years out. <laughs> so we're gonna have to, but to to be able to build that foundation right now to know that we have to have these back end processes figured out right now so that we can have um, those answers. Uh, a few years from now.
0: So why is uh, this area of cybersecurity important? What do you think, um, why is it good to get these students involved in that
2: uh, in middle school, in high school? I think about this, um, you know, I mentioned some of those other areas and, and I think of my own kids, they, and I love teachers, right? I want them to be teachers as well. But students our, our kids are exposed to teachers they're exposed to nurses and doctors they're exposed to to some extent folks in the finance industry or in the service industries but i don't always know that they are exposed to folks in the cyber industry you know they don't always it's not something you you walk by a storefront and see or you walk into a place and necessarily see and i and i see that in a few industries and i so i think it's really important to to op- to to open up their eyes to this early on. So at least it's rolling in the back of their minds as, hey, that might be something. Or as they, they cultivate their interests a bit, they can see, oh, hey, that's how that connects. And that's something I've really been having a lot of fun learning about as I've been immersed um, here on campus the past couple months and excited to learn more about. It. I was just asking um, earlier this morning, I was like, what should I connect with so I can learn more? I want to be able to speak cyber better and and be able to to know some of the details and and so I'm excited to grow and learn as this happens. but I think just building that awareness of you know any industry that you go in um, cyber's not going anywhere it's only going to to grow and so it's not minimizing one or another it's seeing those connections and how um there's there's these pairings that will happen all over the place between fields that will definitely involve a cyber component.
1: What, uh, what level of participation do you anticipate in this first year? <laughs> do you have any I, ideas?
2: I don't, but I'm really excited for um, April 1st is when the dual credit enrollment um, when our opportunity opens for the fall semester. So I'm anxiously anticipating what, what the interest will be in engaging that i um, excited here to get a big kind of push up to uh, email blast out through a bunch of listservs here uh, by the end of the week so that we can make a little push for this as, as students are registering. Really hopeful that we'll have, uh, when I say a cohort, you know, I, I would love, I don't even know if I should throw numbers out there, but I'm hopeful for like 50, you know, and, and hopefully that's realistic and my expectations are far surpassed, but also knowing there are a lot of dual credit initiatives out there, not cyber ones, but in South Dakota, there are lots of um, initiatives and opportunities. And so, um, and you often have to prove yourself. And so, in, you know, building a, a really solid experience that then word of mouth and, and stakeholders trust you, you know, parents and teachers and, and school administrators have heard about this and, and they want their kids to be part of it.
0: And so um, this... Uh will be statewide. All South Dakota schools can have students enrolled in the program. Is that accurate? Right. Yep.
2: And so all juniors and seniors in South Dakota that qualify based on any of the, the so the Board of Regents has their dual credit um, placement or qualifications. Uh, the technical colleges have theirs, uh, but any junior or senior that qualifies for a dual credit course qu- through the Board of Regents qualifies for the academy. And, and that is only $48.33 a credit. So it's definitely wow. a financial incentive. Um we're getting definitely. lots of questions about freshmen and sophomores in high school as well as folks from out out of state. They can participate if they meet the entrance requirements. There's just not at the 4338 right now. So they would they would pay the the non-degree seeking uh tuition. So that's um if they want to get a head start, they—I shouldn't even say head start—but if they're excited to participate, um, they can definitely get started. It's just that discounted rate through the through the South Dakota Legislature doesn't uh, start until they're a junior.
0: Um, and so, what are some of the benefits that you see in students participating in this academy, aside from obviously a really great financial one? Yeah.
2: Well, building around this, you know, aside from that awareness and that access, just trying to make this a really valuable experience for them. um, Well, there'll be dedicated tutors for the academy students. Um, So I've already worked with um, the tutoring center here on campus and they're selecting those tutors and they'll be in place for the fall, as well as building out a supplemental instruction component, especially for that that um, Computer Science 1, that CSC 150 class. So there's some extra supports there. Um, Also visited with the CX3 folks about a mentoring component. And so if students want to participate in that, having small groups of students um, that meet with uh, a DSU student on a regular basis and bringing in opportunities for industry to, you know, a a Zoom talk are are connections that way. So figuring out how there's that that mentoring, kind of that near-peer mentor um, piece as well. And then the other thing that uh, we're start we have right away is the there's an instructional designer that's building a course shell in ND2L that will be used consistently for the academy courses, and she'll be working with the faculty um, for each of those courses on getting their content and their expect, uh, expertise into those shells so that it's a consistent experience from as you go in and navigate the portal and don't get lost in every class that you go in. So um, that will be starting. Um, the instructional designer came on about a month ago, has made a ton of progress, and we'll be starting to work with those faculty really soon. So we'll see that come together as well.
0: Um, so what, uh, as this launches, what? Um, how will that transition some of the things that you'll be doing once the program is fully up and running? Right,
2: I've wondered that myself as well. So, um, I think as we get the the dual credit piece off the ground and just having students that, you know, instead of just guessing what what might be the, the issues, having them and being able to, to respond accordingly from that. I think we'll definitely then, as the dual credit piece gets going, pivot into those enrichment, giving some focus and some time to what do those enrichment opportunities look like? How can we scale them across the state? Um, and also thinking about the the instruct the teacher side of, of things. Um, right now, teachers, high school teachers, in order to teach the dual credit classes um, themselves would need to have 18, their master's plus 18 CSC uh, credits on their transcript. And so uh, seeing what we can do to help upskill those interested teachers to expand this out as well. So I think it will be getting that cohort going and learning how we can, you know, adjust that experience or or make that keep making sure that experience is valuable but then continuing to build out what the the academy can can offer and thinking about how we we provide uh, broader opportunities and and additional
1: supports i'm really excited to hear about that about teachers being able to get the accreditation um, if that's the word uh, to be able to do this out there in their own districts that'd be awesome too
2: and there is a teacher in Sioux Falls right now that is um, does have the credentials to do that, and so I'd love to, you know, obviously um, for those that are interested, that just provides additional opportunities for for students. So, how many courses are available through this? Right. So, I should be—I believe there are seven that are that are new to so the through the border regions. Um, only the dual, only the general education classes are eligible for dual credit right now. But what we've added, and I'll try not to forget one, but the computer science one and con- computer science two, so the 150 and 250. There's the intro to cyber operations. There's the hardware um, virtualization and data communication class. There'll be networking, um, intro to AI, and then there's uh, for these summer camps um, we've at least initially thinking about for the credit bearing opportunities uh, we've got digital forensics um, intro to health and intro to health informatics that are some opportunities to specialize for those that want to kind of dig into something um, even more so those are the I believe that's the full set of the, the additional courses at the moment that have been approved to be offered for dual credit um, and as we get going that we'd love to the idea is to expand out some of those pathways and, and tracks as well.
0: And do you have any thoughts now of where you could see that going in the future? Or is it just kind of open-ended? And <laughs> yeah,
2: I think, um, oh, I, the other one I did forget was the cyber leadership course. So I, I was thinking I had gotten to so many on my fingers and then I ran out. So so thinking right now we have groups of three classes um, put into uh, where they could earn a badge and working on the details of what the, that badging um What that entails, but so we have a like the computer science and the AI and the cyber leadership, and so I see a lot of potential as DSU grows um, in the the agricultural space to to see if we can expand in that direction. You know, once the DSU expands into that programming, we can extend the academy in that direction. Um, I think right now with with the funding that we had, uh, we have we're very much focused on the the AI the computer science and the cyber operations, but seeing if there's opportunities to expand on the business side. I, I believe I was in a faculty meeting uh of uh, I don't know now a few weeks ago and and talking about like cyber entrepreneurship and like some of those connections there, you know, on the on the education side, what's that look like? And so I think it's really all of the programs on at DSU have a cyber flair to them as we talk about it. And so I think there's opportunities in all of them um, as we we get this going and and, and are able to build out those pathways.
1: We've talked a lot about the students who can apply to the academy and educators. I'm wondering about um, other members of the general public, other adults who maybe have a degree or maybe don't have a degree, but they're interested in... Learning more, are they eligible to participate?
2: Not in the academy, um, in its current form, that's focused on the high school, um, the students for or K 12 students. But I think there are opportunities that will be coming out through DSU SOAR, through my understanding, or you know, to jump into these same classes they could take, uh, but not in this academy format, just through the more the, the normal, the traditional route. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: yep.
0: um. And going back to the uh, educator partnership and potentially having um, teachers get the credentials to work on this, what's the importance of you know, creating that partnership with our middle schools and high schools and with our educators that are there preparing our
2: the youth of our future? I think DSU does a great job right now through a a lot of the the grant work that they're doing, as far as developing curriculum, and you know the the Gen Cyber Teacher Camp in the summers, and providing opportunities uh, for teachers to to learn in really cool ways. And um, so I think it's continuing to build out that build out the opportunities, but at the same time, like what's that rapport look like? You know, what's that that back and forth or that support? I know, like from when I was teaching. Um, Teachers have so much high school, te- you know, middle school, high school teachers, all teachers have so much influence on their students. And and we often speak to our experience. And so when I was teaching seventh through 12th grade, I mean, my undergrad experience was uh, a liberal arts school, which I loved, but that was my experience. And that's what I could speak to. I had very little understanding of the technical or community colleges. I had I didn't have a lot of understanding of of other opportunities. And so I've always thought back about how I shorted my students because I those weren't things, they would be perfect opportunities for so many of the students I had. I just didn't really know about them or be able to speak to them. So I think really building awareness with those teachers so that in the moments when they have those, they're in those conversations with their students or they really are working with them, they can share, hey, have you thought about this? or? have you, you, let's try this, or, you know, maybe let's um, go do a site visit or, or invite someone, one of the DSU um, professors into the classroom. And so I think it's building that awareness that's really kind of sitting in the back of their brain that they can draw on as soon as they need it. And what kind of impact
0: do you see uh, having these dual credit opportunities um, for students to kind of test the waters and find out, you know, what they're interested in or,
2: Um, more about these different topics. That's one piece of dual credit that, and I'm a gen ed teacher at heart, right? I come from a math background, but I I always cringe a little bit when it's like, oh, just get your gen eds out of the way. I'm like, no, no. You know, um, like, I think dual credit's a great opportunity to try out some different fields if you can. And that's what I love about this, you know, jump into that and see if you like that field tuition wise at a very, you know, at a cheap, much cheaper rate than you would um, if you're not in a dual credit setting in South Dakota. And so, I mean, that's something I'm already, my daughter's just a fifth grader, but I've encouraged her of like, no, try, just explore as many things as you can so that you figure out what you're interested in, not interested in, so that you can refine that rather than thinking, you know, what you're interested in. And then all of a sudden you're a year or two in and then it feels like it's too late to turn around. So I think that's part that, and with these courses that we've selected, um, a handful of them, they do have a prerequisite or they need to take this one before the next one. But most of them, they can, they can jump in and take it, see if they like it and then continue on. If they don't, then try a different route. And I, and I think that's, that's really the mentality to approach dual credit through is not a get it done, but an explore and then an open doors to, to what else. And that can better prepare them for getting
0: to college and knowing what they want to do when they get there.
2: Yep. And it might, you know, open up an opportunity for, um, you know, research, which we do a great job of here, or an internship, or um, a study abroad opportunity. I just think about how um, taking some of those, not only exploring those interests, but then that can allow some flexibility uh, to pursue some of those additional, um, sometimes credit bearing or non-credit bearing opportunities.
0: So um, what other, uh, like, what would someone that knows nothing about cyber, knows nothing about the academy, um, that maybe has a freshman or sophomore child, what what should they know about this opportunity?
2: I I would say it would be, give it a try. If they think that, you know, if they're a freshman or a sophomore, have them come do one of the Gen Cyber camps, you know, just... Give a give it a week give it a try for a week and then as more of these opportunities come out you know pay attention to what those are maybe it's a day camp you know maybe it's a, a whatever we end up coming up with so I think it would be um, just try it you know to figure out what those opportunities look like and then as they do move into you know that junior and senior year encourage them to, to try a course and um, obviously you know complete the course but know if they don't like it that try something else um, and I think also just um yeah seeing this as as something to test the waters and to to give it a shot
1: if uh if somebody wants more information how would they who would they call who would they contact
2: awesome. yeah can definitely always uh contact me so it's uh yeah, my first name dot last name, right at DSU, we also have a general email address at Cyber Academy at DSU, um, so that feeds right into my inbox as well. Um, we are working. We have a web page out um, on the DSU website right now that that's emerging. Well, we're working on some additional content as we get some fi- things figured out. But on that website, there's also an inquiry form. And so if you fill that out, then I'll have your email and I can get back to you and share more information with you as things come out.
1: So someone would search on Cyber, cyber Academy? Cyber Academy, yep. Our Governor's
2: okay. Cyber Academy and, and- On
1: the DSU yep, site. Yep, on the DSU yep. website. And Great. it will
2: get you the, the the high level information and then reach out and we can fill in the details. Excellent. Well, um, anything else that you want to add? No, I, I appreciate this opportunity. I think it's an, an it's an awesome adventure that we're all on, and I'll be excited to uh, to provide an update at some yes, point in absolutely. the future with we, what we've learned. Yeah. yeah,
0: we'd love to have you back next year to kind of recap and see how things are going.
2: Awesome. Thank you. Well,
0: thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, thank you, Max Allman, our podcast editor. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe.
1: Do it now.